But it is what is up, what is good, gamers. This is Shonuff seventy Shonuff seventy one, aka Digadulamite. Purple bling bling, yo. Assuming I can talk properly. Me too. <laughs> Your auditory canals are tuned into episode two one six, the Gaming Vessels Podcast. As usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime. First on deck, we got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res lover. That's me. A.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. that gamer stepdaddy. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. Just uh, here. Uh, I'm happy. I went to went to Comic-Con for a quick day, you know, flew down there uh, Thursday, came back Saturday, spent the whole day there. Um, had a lot of fun. I got to go to a, a really nice um, a Bandai Namco Dragon Ball uh, Dragon Ball Super Superhero Dragon Ball Z Super Superhero thing they were doing. And when they were, I guess they're really pushing um, a lot of new uh, Dragon Ball stuff uh, this coming year. So they had a big outdoor, open to the public kind of. Um, display area and they had it was funny they had seven different stations that you could go to to look at various different mini figures big figures um they had photo opportunities they had these two giant uh two giant uh, inflatable one was the the villain the main villain from a dragon ball superhero the movie the the cell looking thing and then and then they uh, had cell max yeah yeah cell max and they had, I think it was Gohan, who was the the one that was fighting. Yeah, Beast Gohan was yeah. in his white hair. I uh, I think so. I think yeah. so. I have a picture. I sent it to Joe. I should have sent it to both of you, but but uh, it was just funny because I was like, oh damn! And so it was outside. It was humid as hell, but it was a lot of fun just walking around and seeing everything. Because uh, when you went to when you went to each of the seven um, places exhibits. And it was, it was not a very big area, but when you went to the seven different exhibits, you get a pin and you had to go through all different. So they gave you a lanyard and the lanyard had this big thing that was like a it was like a life size uh, Dragon Ball detector. So it was kind of cool. And then mm-hmm. you uh, walked around and the lanyard said, you know, Dragon Ball Super, it's yellow uh, or orange and white, you know, double sided. One was white, one was orange. And you got these pins. And you, when you went to all seven of them you would get a little ribbon that would show that said, you know, you found Shenron or you did, you know, you collected all the pins or something. And so it was cool. They got a lot of really cool stuff coming out. There's a game coming out for it too. I'm not really sure, but, but it was a lot of fun. Um, Comic-Con in general, uh, because of the actor strike, there wasn't a lot of uh, actors there or anybody there. There wasn't a lot of cosplay either because the Actors Guild, uh, basically said uh please don't cosplay as anybody don't promote anything right now because we're really trying to you know uh hold solidarity so there so a lot of people were were if they cosplayed they cosplayed as um as comic book uh characters or as um like anime or video game characters so there wasn't a lot of uh you know hardly anything um and which was actually kind of good I mean, I think it hurt, you know, Comic-Con because they really rely on that presence. But it was good because it it kind of got back to the um, 
the core of what it was. And there was a lot of people because they weren't in Hall H. There were a lot of people on the floor, uh, but it wasn't as uh, packed as you as you would think it was. I mean, it was it was packed. It was a lot of people, but it's mostly in the center area because they still had a couple of small small things there, like um, Diablo uh, or B- uh, Blizzard had a huge Diablo booth, and they were doing a a, a they had a, a I wish I would have went to it, but it was the line was kind of long, but they had this kind of like weird stage play with actors performing like scenes from Diablo four or something. So I'm hoping that it's going to be at uh, PAX because I really would like to, to see it if, just to see how, because it was really silly. They had this, you know, it was this big thing that said, you know, you know, hell is uh, welcome to welcome to hell. No, it's Comic-Con welcome to hell. And it was just like, you know, Diablo four and the huge side was this big picture of Lilith's face and everything. And they had, they had a couple of really cool stuff and, the video games really showed out, is all I could say. They, uh, Capcom was there, and they had all kinds of. Uh, it was all about Street Fighter Six. They were they were pimping the hell out of Street Fighter Six. They had this huge DJ, and he's just like, oh, you know, you're over here, and you're playing the game, and oh, you know, you like it what you see, you like it what you see, and it was like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, damn. Like like a club or something, like up in the yeah. club. Yeah, and then Meg, uh, Mega Ran was performing, you know, in one of the one of the booths, and I was like, okay. And then uh, they had a they had demos for Sandland, and they had the tank from Sandland there, and it was just. I don't know. This is really kind of fun. I was like, all right. So, so Comic Con was was it was fun. It was I, I had a really good time, I, and I was happy that I went. And I think a day trip is is all you need because you can see literally everything in a day. Like you know, and I went outside because the um the Dragon Ball Z thing was outside, so I got up pretty early. You know, got got there around nine o'clock and just started doing a lot of the outside stuff. They had a peanuts, uh, for like Charlie Brown peanuts type um um store where you could go in and um, Apple TV is doing a, a Camp Snoopy um, TV show on Apple TV. And they they had a big promo, big promotion for that. So that was kind of cool. I got some stuff for Paul. And right next door, whatnot, was um, the, 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 the kind of um, the eBay kind of live, live eBay store, whatnot. They were doing uh, Tekken, uh, Tekken, um, uh, tournaments i think it was tournament or they were previewing the new tekken game so so that was kind of cool and it was outdoor all this stuff outdoors is open to everybody so so it was a lot of, it was really fun you know like i said it was a one and done kind of situation got to see some friends and uh i'm happy that i went but that's how it's been for me so unfortunately my play this is going to be kind of kind of short but um but it was a lot of fun Okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, 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 that's me, yeah, yeah. Oh, you might, <laughs> you might also know him as the Food Max of gaming. Who can maximize your gaming dollar? How's it going? Not bad, man. Uh, just trying to kind of relax and stay out of this heat. It's oh, yeah. super stinking hot here. I wish I was like at, at your place, Kev. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So I could do a nesty plunge off the roof. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm good. I am good. So. Yeah, my house is a mess, dude. Otherwise, I you could come over, but yeah, it, uh, it's all it's all good. Mess. Mine too. <laughs> I should be here cleaning, but no, no, no. 
maybe I'll do that after we record. Oh wait, I, I have duties to do after we record. I'll mention yeah. my playlist. So yeah, as well as yeah, me too. <laughs> but all right, folks. What is always our first topic on the docket? It's going to be the playlist. All right, uh, Jaboni Chief. Let's kick. Let's let you kick things off. What you've been playing? Okay, yeah, I've been playing a little bit, uh, varying up a bit. So, uh, of course, usual Diablo 4 business. So, still rocking my druid, uh, playing my bar- barbarian. I've kind of picked up my barbarian more than my druid as of late, trying to get through the single player. But uh, the new uh, season came out, and so I was meaning to hop on it immediately once the uh, season dropped. But you know, as everything, you know, you kind of just kind of play what you want to play. So I barely got my season started. Um, like last night, wound up picking up a um, God. What's the character class? Des helped me out. So uh, rogue, rogue. There you go. Brain fart over here. But yeah, enjoying it so far. Um, I will power through the season and then see if I could progress with my other two characters. You know, the thing about it is, it's like you know, um, regardless, I could just decide on which character I want to play. In mainline, but after the season's over, I could still keep that particular character and just move them over to my regular games, which is would be kind of cool. So, so I'll probably concentrate on playing my rogue in the meantime. So, now another game I tried to play and I did play for a little bit. Uh, speaking of Tekken, I got into the Tekken 8 uh, CNT, the uh, network test for the um, beta uh, for Tekken 8. And uh, I played a little bit. I got a chance to like learn a few characters. I played with Jin. I played with uh, another character as well. But I found that I hadn't played Tekken in a minute, and I really needed time to really play the actual single player before jumping in and doing online. I kept getting crushed. So, <laughs> so you know, obviously, once Tekken Eight is coming out i will definitely be interested in picking it up i think it ran great uh, got good connections and was able to spar with people and it's just i wasn't very good so you know and the thing about tekken for me i don't know i i always have preferred virtual fighter over tekken in my mind so and that got me into a fighting game mood and so i powered up for the first time in a while got powered up uh Virtua Fighter 5 uh, Ultimate Showdown on PS4 on there and uh, hopped in and, and actually part of most of my Friday night was spent like sparring online and getting my juices flowing, playing uh, more my main, which is Lion on there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm actually looking, I'm going to see, you know, <laughs> if there's any Virtua Fighter uh Five business on Evo's floor coming up and, and see and at least get to watch some people. And, you know, I'm not going to bring my controller or anything with me. I thought about it, you know, who knows. But <laughs> but uh, I enjoy what I played, and that definitely is my fighting game of choice, you know. So got me thinking, too, uh, you know, it might be good to fire up Street Fighter Six and see where I'm at with that bad boy and to start playing that a little bit, too. So because obviously... Virtua Fighter is not the exact, like, I'm sitting here waiting sometimes to get matched with, with players, and, um, you know, it's kind of slim pickings out there, so as far as finding people to, to spar with on there, so uh, my win-loss record, I'm a little bit under, uh, like, 500, so I'm, like, around, like, 47% win-loss record, so 
Are you, you doing know? ranked? I'm doing ranked, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only only way to go. And I, I feel like I'm holding my weight, you know, so sometimes I just feel the lag kind of gets in, in the mix a bit, you know, because you know, because of the fact that there's not a ton of players to select from. I pretty much just put any connection, good, bad, and different when I play, so mm-hmm. So, you know, I haven't had any disconnects or anything. Sometimes I'll be like, you know, in a uh, like one to two minute, like kind of wait, sparring against the computer until I get a match on there. So so it's not not too, too bad. I just know that playing on Friday, Saturday night might be the thing for me versus like firing up on like a Wednesday afternoon or something, (laughs) probably finding people online to be able to play with. But uh you know, that's kind of cool. Uh, I fired up the Xbox again for the first time in a bit and continued to play a lot of Division 1 on there. So I played that like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I was like playing that quite a bit. Got up to like level 12 with my character. Yeah. And uh, say what you will. I mean, uh, having the auto HDR and the um, whole schematic as far as you know I, I could see where if you want to play a game that has those like you know um xbox one x benefits when they initially brought out like the upscaled games xbox one games on xbox one x and obviously they continue with the series x i kind of get to see what the os does to these games applying auto hdr on my oled and and having the game look nice it's definitely better than what it looks like running on ps4 back compat on ps5 just because of all those extra little little perks that the xbox series x kind of applies so you know so who knows you know i got my xbox ambassador email the other day i shared with you guys too so you know who knows who knows over here I'm, 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 i'm i'm turning i'm turning Turning, I'm changing teams. I'm switching sides. Oh, look at me. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Botting it up. Yeah, but like the board came and got you. (laughs) Hey, you know, I'm on another podcast, too, where we talk about Xbox quite a bit, you know, so who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Other than uh, Diablo, um, Division, and virtual fighter that's pretty much all i've been playing i have to like apologize because you know our good listener goonie gifted me a copy of dave the diver on steam and i loaded it up i got my steam deck all charged i uh, have it downloaded and ready to go and i haven't really made the time to play yet. so you know boo on me you know i'm gonna have to like you know buy him lunch or something <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, that's what I was alluding to. I will get to it after the recording of this show. And I don't, I don't want you know games to be like you know a, a, like a uh, obligation, but you know I kind of want to be able to uh, you know obviously um, give impressions of the game. I know Guni likes it quite a bit, and uh, I want to give you guys my impressions of the game as well. So I hope I look forward to that on the next episode, Gaming Vessels 217. So. We'll hold you to it. Yep. If not, you know, we're going to have to, like, you know, you know, it'll be a, like a, uh, a a Discord flogging of, of me for not getting to it, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> So what you've been playing, uh, Kev? What you been up to? So I have been up to very little. Uh, been working on my, on my little side hustles and everything on my off time. So really the only game I have been playing has been Final Fantasy 16, just a little bit. And when I mean little, I mean it's like I 
I played up until the next cut scene and I and because it was so late in the evening when I played, I conked out. So <laughs> the only thing I saw was a cut scene and my character standing in place for however long I was I was zonked out uh, Saturday night, I think. So, yeah, that's my playlist. Um <laughs> so Des, what you been playing? <laughs> uh actually I've just really been playing uh two games. Uh well three technically. Um Diablo four. I started the season, so I needed to see what was up with that. Um when I got back uh, uh Saturday night, I uh, uh I basically zonked out for about two hours and then I got on <clears throat> I got online <clears throat> excuse me. I got online and uh, started playing the season, so I decided to play uh, a barbarian. So, um, because I really enjoyed the barbarians' uh, spin to win, uh, and I just liked playing a martial class because I played uh, the sorcerer all the way to the end. Um, so I wanted to do a barbarian. One thing they didn't tell you is, at least if they did, I didn't recognize it or or hear it, but when you do the season pass, um, you can decide to either play the campaign or skip it, right? Uh, if you be, if you be in the game. So I've already been in the game, but I said, cool, I'll just go through it, you know, not worrying because I like the story and I'll just go through the story again to play all those missions and get the XP and all this other stuff. But you're supposed to play all of the side quests and, and there's all this extra stuff that you could do to make the season more robust because they take away all of a whole bunch of your your progress from your other characters because you're literally starting a fresh character you don't save anything nothing is transferred over from your old characters like you are literally starting from scratch so i was like you know except for your transmog sorry your transmogs uh stay and so you have to redo dungeons again and you have to do this leaderboard it's like all these different you know uh, secondary things that you can do besides the season pass uh, in order to get your stuff taken care of. And so, but the thing that's supposed to be like the big thing is the uh, malignant uh, hearts that you can get to get the new stuff in order to um, do the new content. You can only do that if you skip the quest. Uh, and I, I skipped the story and I didn't know that. I thought you could do that as well as the story and you'd be free to change your your uh world tiers but you can't so i was like well damn so so now i'm all thinking do i just run through the the um the story real quick the story is not that long if you just do it or do i just you know start over again and just skip the skip it so i played it last night i didn't get too far but i played it last night and i'm just like you know i'm gonna they're gonna make you do the side quests over again i don't really want to do i didn't do all the side quests so i'm thinking maybe i'll just you know, skip the main quest and just do the side quest and everything else because there's still a lot to do without having to do the main quest again. So I'm probably going to start over, uh, which is fine. Again, I only played like two hours, so I, it's fine. So that's probably what I'm going to do. I'm just going to skip the main story because I really don't need to do it again because you keep your horse as well. So so I'll probably do that. Um, uh and then the, I've also been playing my Switch, so I've been playing Etrian Odyssey, the first one again. Still, still a fun game. Really, really enjoy it. Uh, if you're able to play it, uh, sweet. I got a I got a physical copy from Play Asia. It has English and everything on it. It's really great. Um, and then another 
game series that I got that I have been wanting to play, but I could not justify the cost for it, uh, was Voice of the Cards. It's like a card game that was done by Square Enix, and it's you basically have a pawn, and you move the pawn around, and the whole world is is like a card game. It's like a card game, but it's but it tells these really long these, these these kind these really nice stories where you meet all these different people and it's this, it's this kind of like you know static cards and you do your abilities and the cards move and stuff and I really I've really enjoyed it um, they had a sale a pretty pretty good sale I think it was like 14, 14 bucks for each of them so so I said okay you know it's more than fifty percent off I think it's fifty percent off maybe. So I started playing the first one, Voice of the Cards, the Isle, the Isle, the Isle Dragon Roars. So I started playing that as well, and it's a fun little. Uh, it's not a deck builder. It's not a roguelite. It is an RPG, you know, with turns and everything. But everything is done with cards, and then um, it's a it's a story driven uh, RPG done with cards. And if you know me, I'm a I love card games. I love you know something different, and so. I saw this at a discount on my Switch, and so I bought him. So, um, and I've been playing him, and I think it's a really good game that you can do on the go as well. So, um, I don't know if the sale is still going on, but it's definitely worth it. So, I really think that you should try it. But that's really all that I have been been playing. Um, I know that I said I was going to try to get back to Final Fantasy uh, 16. I will. I will play that game, um, and I will roll credits on it. I just don't know when. So, we'll see. But other than that, that's all I've been playing. Okay, so that's going to move us to our next topic. And that is our main event. All right, Dez, once again, you got the mic, bro. All righty. So for uh, this episode's main event, and it comes from Will D. And Will D says, let's move on to a hard question. Which company is more important to the history of gaming? Atari, Sega? Nintendo, NEC, uh, Sony, Microsoft, there is only one right answer, and fight. <clears throat> so one thing I'm going to know is, um, it's funny, uh, Will D didn't state, his, st- didn't state his answer, so I guess he's waiting for this show to be posted, and he hears everybody's before he can post his, because I'm dying to know what the right answer is, quote-unquote, so... Uh, John BT says, regarding Will's question, I know some people will say Atari, but the issue I have with them is that they pumped up the market so much and flooded it with crap to the point that it was effectively dead. They did lay some foundation, but it was really when Nintendo came in and established a a sustainable market that things opened up for the future companies to build upon, build up on. I don't. I didn't love everything Nintendo made, but it's hard to deny that the NES and Super NES didn't didn't establish the unbroken chain of systems from all companies. Post Atari crash, and they also helped to establish the portable market with the Game Boy and subsequent systems. As much as I loved Sega, Sony, and even NEC, I don't. I just don't think the gaming industry would be as robust as it is now without those two Nintendo systems. As Nintendo backed out of the Sony CD system deal giving us the PlayStation so it's Im- so it's impossible to choose Sony without Nintendo. Uh, Joe, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, as far as the question is concerned, I yeah. thought and, about and what, all... and what and what John BT said. I mean, he 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 posted a little bit of history 
and 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 said that Atari kind of laid the foundation. You know, what are your what are your, what are your thoughts about that and and the question itself? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely for sure. I think Atari uh, and Mattel and a little bit with Coleco trying to get that cash dollar dollar back in the day definitely laid the foundation. I mean, you got to think of the original Magnavox Odyssey as well, you know, because there's other players back then. It just seems like Atari had the most momentum on there. But, you know, basically uh, the crash happened. The crash happened for a reason because of the fact that, you know, not only Atari, but other companies were just releasing, uh, in, you know, subpar games onto the market and flooding the market. So, and I definitely concur. I mean, I, you know, at, at some point, even though I loved playing in, at the arcades and, uh, you know, I thought home console gaming was kind of dead and gone. I mean, I kind of dropped off uh, playing on computer because at the time it used to be to where once uh, the 2600, 5200 kind of died down and same thing with ColecoVision, your only options were basically the game on like a Commodore 64 or Atari computers, basically, or, you know, that kind of thing on there. And that kind of kept the gaming spirit alive at home, but uh, it was kind of left for moot, I think, so. Yeah. Um, And specifically for... um... The question, who do you think is the, uh, you know, the, 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 the most important gaming company? Uh, you know, I have to, to say yeah. because of the circumstances of the crash and everything, because I saw it firsthand, uh, seeing Nintendo kind of resurrect things and the excitement uh, once they, you know, had this hotness, this uh, Super Mario Bros out there and on the market, you know, and uh, I saw that they had a home system. You know, I was like in my what, 15, 16 years old and I wanted to, you know, NES. I got my NES and that kind of re-sparked my love of home gaming on there. And I just thought, you know, I don't know how it is for you, Kev, at all. But once I first got my NES, it took a long time for me to get used to that damn D-pad. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I remember I was just like joysticks or bust, you know, it's like, what the hell is this mm-hmm. pad? I remember my, my thumb getting mauled playing the damn thing on there and it took a while but uh you know uh the nes kind of re-sparked everyone's interest and you know it's kind of exotic in a way too because you know this is like it was something different it wasn't these american published american made games these are japanese games and so a lot of people just uh it kind of brought a different flavor to the games you know that were out and about you know obviously we had a number of japanese uh, titles on the market even way back when i mean all the great arcade games came from japan you know so it's like you know great to see that uh, they were nintendo was able to come through and get the momentum and get get it back to where people were looking forward to playing games at home again so mm-hmm. yeah cool um so crucial chase says hot take it's microsoft the original xbox was groundbreaking to bring more pc experimentation to consoles to the console space halo was a pc style arcade a circle strafing shooter on console the xbox was the rebel doing new and exciting things and pushing and pushed the console space into what it is it used to be the ba- used to be basic gaming on console. Now we have uh, first-person shooters, Western-style RPGs, uh, which was primarily on PC. The console was the console was platformers, survival horror, and JRPGs. That said, uh, it's said it's sad to see that revolution revolutionary be reduced to what it is now. The New York Yankees bring talent. 
Wow. So maybe you can explain that um, that uh, baseball reference at the end uh, joke. So I'm not a baseball. I, I don't know a lot about baseball. So what do you think he's alluding to? Um, he's just talking about uh, that, you know, at one point, Microsoft was the revolutionary as far as bringing innovation to the market with the original Xbox. But now they're like the New York Yankees, meaning that instead of innovating, all they're doing is buying players, buying companies with yeah. uh, talking about the so. micro Activision Blizzard so, acquisition. So yeah, they got no talent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. Their momentum kind of, we already talked about, died yeah. with the uh, Connect you yeah. know, at the end of the 360 era. So, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, what about you, uh, Kev? What are your thoughts? So, I'm going to. I'm going to say with regard to the uh, company that is most important to the history of gaming, uh, I got I got to say it's Atari because okay. they're literally the ones that started it back going back to, you know, the that Pong machine that uh, what's his name? Uh, no, no, it, it well technically yeah because but the person actually uh, Al Alcorn, and if you have I I would highly recommend folks if if this subject matter is even remotely interesting to you, get Atari Fifty, because they go really in depth, and even have um, emulations or ROMs of these really early games. Uh, including Pong and just about everything else that Atari did in the arcades, all on that disc with interviews and documentation and all that all that geek stuff behind the scenes geek stuff. It's all there in, in the Atari 50 game. I, I highly recommend you check that out. Um, without Atari, we wouldn't even be talking about games. I mean, I'm sure somebody else might have come along and had the idea to to do stuff like that but atari was the one that actually started the basically the what turned into the popular arcade scene and then later uh amongst others uh the home video game the home video game market now i mean you can we talked about the Magnavox Odyssey. Uh, there were might have been one or two others that I can't think of at the moment, but Atari started it all as as far as I'm concerned. If not being not just being the first, they were the ones to make it popular. And when you it doesn't matter how many people come before you, if you make something popular, you 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 basically are you the, the first uh, de facto first. You set the stage yeah. for everything else. And that that's just kind of s- sort of how, how the world works. So I got to say Atari is the foundation de facto most important um, corporation company with regard to with regard to gaming, I would say in general. Um uh, Al, as uh, what was the, the other question that? Uh, oh, I, I said which one thinks that they're the best? 
thinks oh, that they are the who most thinks important. Who, I think they all do. Um, yeah, I think if, it, it, it doesn't matter who, who you would go to. Whoever's the, the active CEO of that company at that point in time is going to say they were. And, and they would probably be able to make a fairly substantial case. Um, I would say outside of Atari, I would probably have to say Nintendo. And the reason I say Nintendo is just for one reason and one reason only. When the crash happened, and folks don't, a lot of folks don't remember this, particularly if your first console was a Sega Genesis or a, a SNES, you don't, you don't, may, may not even recall this. But early back in the day, in the 70s and the 80s, video games were considered toys. Yep. And they were considered expensive toys. And Nintendo had to find a marketing strategy to, and again, basically Nintendo used to make little toys and 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 game cards. That, that was what they were known for before they got into the gaming industry. And they had to figure out a way to not associate gaming so much as a toy but as kind of like um almost almost like a hobby it's something that that the entire family could could enjoy but also you know young adults and and everybody in everybody in between because back in the day when you went into when you're looking for video games when you went into uh, sears montgomery wards J.C. Penney's, Liberty House, wherever, the games were right next to the toys. Mm-hmm. When you went into Simon Says or when you went into Toys R Us, right in, in fact, in the, 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 the Toys R Us, as I'm remembering way, way, way back in the day, I think when Toys R Us first came here, the video games were like in between the Barbies and the Legos. The aisle that had the Barbies, and then there was an aisle that had Legos and other toys and video games with all the 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 uh, the tickets that you had to take up to that funky little booth when you bought them. They were that. they were they were between they were smack dab in the in in the toy section. So Nintendo had to figure out a way to break away from that toy idea that people still had in their minds and uh, you know kudos to them for for cracking that code and making it and making it happen because um gosh it, i can remember talking to people as a young adult even even after the NES came out and, you know, they'll ask you, you know, what do you do in your off time or what do you do? You know, yeah, yeah, I take, I play video games. Oh, I haven't played, I, I haven't played video games since I was a kid, you know, and you get, they used to get that look as like, why are you still, why are you still playing video games? I would be like telling somebody, oh yeah, I, I, I play with GI Joes or Barbie you know, as a as a <laughs> 17 or 18 year old, they, they give you that same kind of look because the games were as- associated with things that ch- that children played. 
And Nintendo did wonders breaking away from that, breaking breaking that um, uh, that mindset. So, uh, I you know, and I I would say that yeah, I mean, Microsoft can you can give Microsoft credit for their their pushing games to online. I I think they do deserve credit in in that, but they by no means were the first. I mean, Saturn was doing that before the Saturn. Uh, actually, b- believe it or not, in television had a had a modem adapter that was released in very 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 small quantities, and it allowed you to play uh, MLB. Major League Baseball, and I think one other sports game that I cannot recall, and it was a funky little dial-up modem. Uh, they, I think, are were credited uh, could be credited as maybe the one of the first, if not the first, to bring games online. But I think Microsoft gets the credit and and the credit that it's due it for putting it in a format in a package that made sense to the layman. If you get if you get what I'm saying that okay, I have an Xbox, I need a broadband connection, I stick it in the back end of my Xbox, I put on a headset and all of those things that may have required all these separate little things that you needed to do or understand and get them working in tandem for it to function properly. All that is packaged all in this box. So I don't need to worry about anything else. So I think they do deserve the credit for that. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Um, so lastly, uh, we hear from Glovebox, who says, I'd say Nintendo, because in my mind, they changed the gaming landscape for all to follow. Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. I think up, up above there, up above the top echelon, I would have to say, uh, Nintendo. I think I think what ha- I think what it breaks down to is 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 who, and I don't want to say who who won anything because I don't think there's a winner uh, for for the gaming industry. I think it's all about progress, and I think each one of the each one of the main companies that was mentioned here uh, helped in the progress of bringing gaming to where it is. And they were all influential because I think if any one of them was not there, who knows what would have happened? You know, yeah. we needed Atari. Argue. We needed Atari for their um, for for the big game bust that that it provided and the, and and its mass craziness. We we needed Nintendo for them to switch gears from a card company into a uh, a software and uh, gaming console manufacturer. We needed PlayStation to go into the disc market. We needed Microsoft. Uh, we needed Microsoft uh, in order to really push the boundaries of of of, of what could be uh, how good a game could look um, at homes. Um, so we needed all of them to come in, and we also needed the failures as well, like the Jaguar, you know, like the um, the Virtual Boy. We needed these. We needed these failures in order to say, okay, maybe that's not ready yet. But you know, maybe the market's not ready yet. Let's try, let's do something different. You know, to spirit to move it into this different area. Like last week, I said that I was really sad that Sega didn't stay, and that was unacceptable. But I understood 
I still understand Sega's role in the development of the gaming community. So, so I would say Sega is 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 was um was really uh, important to the gaming industry. So, so for me, uh, I think the right answer is they're all uh, important. They were all important to the history of gaming, and that was the question. You know, which company is more important to the history of gaming? And to me, honestly, I don't think any one of them is more than more important than any of the others. Um, at this point right now, when it ta- when it comes to gaming history, I think they were all needed and they were all ne- necessary. Now, if you talk about gaming now, that's a total different, a totally different um, uh, question. Like who is important in gaming now? I think, you know, that's a that's a totally different different question. And and I think there is a a, um, a right answer for that. But that's a different question that we might have in the future. You were going to say something, Jim? Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I was no, just going to make a comment about the NEC, you know, even though you want to discount them, you know, they are important as well. So yeah, and I was going to make a mention about Sega uh, in the whole, I don't know if you guys caught, but there was a recent leak of all these like documents from the Saturn era that uh, basically it was showing why they uh, kind of went under. It's because they had too many items out in the market at once and they had to pay for retailers to return items and so they were sitting on like you know uh 32x systems in the hundreds of thousands in their warehouse with no way to get rid of them or sell them to anyone because no one wanted them basically so yeah i saw that i think if if sega hadn't had all those unsuccessful consoles we might have still have a sega in the console business today um it but they were all that those buybacks that they had to do uh compared to the piss poor launch that they did with the saturn um i mean take hey it's available now it's like yeah you know and the retailer's like what (laughs) you know it's just not it, it it was it was not good but i think the the critical thing even with that i think they would have been able to survive uh, a, a, another couple generations if they didn't have all that hardware you know there's the nomad 32x the there were even a couple that i'd even i'd never even heard of uh that they had out and it was just that was just too much money for a company of that size to to recover from unfortunately yeah i agree so but yeah uh I think that was a really good question. I, I definitely think that um, that uh, uh, Will D really hit on uh, a really a really good question because I think uh, like like Kevin said before, they all think that they're they're important, you know. And in some instances they're right, in some instances they're wrong. Um, but it just depends on 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 where we are now. And having said that let's uh let's piggyback on that question i asked earlier for the next question uh which company do you think is the most important uh to gaming right now which company do you believe is the most important right now is it is it sony who's putting out you know you know hits after hits after hits is it microsoft with its acquisitions is it is it um is it nintendo with their um with their definitely trying to you know uh 
create new weird interesting ways in how we play games i guess so so let us know you know out of those three which one do you think is the um is the most important for gaming right now and if it's not one of those three let us know who you think it is you know you think it's panasonic sure we'll, we'll bite but you got to have a reason because that's that would be some crazy shit right there but because <laughs> i'd be like what so so yeah question uh which gaming company do you think is is the most important to gaming right now in 2023 so uh and then we'll answer that question um on episode uh 218 um having said that you know what comes next after the 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 uh, main event and the vessel line it's the jabroni gaming news all right thank you Des. okay oh, well, so sorry. First thing on the docket for this episode, I don't know if you guys saw, but the uh, PlayStation Project Q, uh, some images and running video of the of the handheld were released online. It looks like someplace in China got a hold of this, but it showed running video of the uh, PlayStation Q, Project Q handheld, and basically just like. Uh, it looked when it was shown during the showcase uh, PlayStation Showcase. It's basically just a DualSense controller with a 8-inch uh, tablet slabbed right in the middle of it, and it's actually just running Android. So, so in fact, they showed like uh, some of the OS getting into the system, and obviously we didn't get to see too too much on it but uh at least shows it running and it is an actual device you know obviously they announced it so <laughs> it is does exist on here but it's just basically an eight inch uh android tablet in the middle of it so and so we'll have to see you know a lot of people are bagging on it saying it looked ugly as sin still you know and uh commenting about the gap you know uh with the screen and whatnot but uh you know, uh, there's been some rumblings about some uh, updated hardware on the PlayStation in the defense, so we'll have to see once uh, this thing finally gets announced and whatnot, you know. Uh, what's your guys' opinion from seeing the screenshots of it? Um, I probably won't be buying it. I probably won't be buying it. But, uh, Kev, what are your thoughts? Uh, if this thing is not priced at an impulse level, it's going to just rot on the shelves. Mm-hmm. I said that before, and I stand by that. There is no. How do you go from a PSP and a Vita to this streaming to this streaming thing? I, 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 I don't. I, I don't see. I don't see a purpose for it. I, I really don't. It's literally, a, a, like you were saying, a, an Android tablet slapped in the middle of a dual sense it's it's not the best looking piece of tech i've ever seen in my life not that i really judge electronics by their visual appeal but it's not the best looking thing this thing has to be at an impulse price point for it to succeed yeah according to at least the leaks from like the uh, ftc hearing that uh, microsoft thinks it's going to Retail for two ninety nine ninety nine. So that's well, too much. It's gonna die at two ninety at three hundred bucks. It's not going to be successful. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah. This thing has to be like a one forty nine ninety nine, in my opinion. 
Yeah. yeah. And one thing too is said that the battery life on it is rumored to be the three to four hours at the most. So that's it. <laughs> that's all. So you literally have to be by it be an outlet. <laughs> see, see, Sony got some. Sony, Sony got some. Did a back market deal and, and got some Android tablets on the cheap and said, okay, let's just put some controllers on the side. We'll sell it. You know, at a at a loss, and see if we can get some money. That's what that. Mm-mm. No, this okay. is okay. One twenty nine ninety nine. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna buy that for three hundred bucks. No. I mean, I mean, uh, Joe might. I mean, I mean, there's gonna always gonna be some folks that are gonna buy it, and you know, kudos to you if this interests you. But I'm talking about mass market success. Nobody is going to buy it at three hundred dollars. Yeah, nobody is going to do that. There are there are much better options for port for a portable gaming system. You know, i.e. the uh, what is that? The rog the Rogue Ally and the uh, uh, Valve's uh, Steam Deck. And if you got if I got to spend three hundred bucks. I'm going to be looking at one of those two item options for a portable gaming solution. I'm not going to be looking at that. If they're going to price this thing at 300 bucks, well, I might as well spend a, a, a little extra money and just get something that is truly a portable gaming solution. Assuming that you're not going to go just go with a switch outright, you know. It's, it's not. not a good look. It's not. No, I, I, I honestly can't see, like you said, you can, yeah, it's just, I just don't, I just don't think that that's gonna, gonna be a good, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, for, good luck with it, but I'm not gonna buy yeah, it. No. I think it's good for the people that want to use remote play, that they, they want to be able to play off TV uh, in their house, but, you know, it's just a very, like, uh, specialized like niche use in my opinion i'm grateful that it is there for people that per se don't want to like move their ps5 around from like room to room just in case if the living room's occupied with people watching tv or something like that but uh i think that's what they're looking for i think i think this is for the households that have multiple people uh and only like a small amount of televisions or something so that that way the people can play their games um remotely like you're saying um on the couch while the kids are watching you know paw patrol or something you know dad or mom can sit there and just be like okay you know we're gonna you know you can all y'all can do this while i'm while daddy's doing this shut up you know (laughs) let me do yeah you know go go ahead no i was just I was going to comment the fact that some people, some people on like message boards, like they were mentioning the fact that they use the Logitech G Cloud, the remote play PS5 content, and they love using it to do that. And larger screen and dual sense functionality is like perfect for their use case and it's instant buy for them as long as it's under $300. So other people said, I'll spend 200 bucks to Wii U my PS5. I got no problem doing that. So, so it's like a lot of responses yeah. then from there. Uh, even the Series S, um, they have like a particular screen that uh, is like you know, from a third-party company that kind of fits on the box itself that uh, you could take uh, the Series S portable as well as far as playing it native. And 
I don't know. I just I'd have to get used to streaming, and I'm not there yet. I prefer to play off a device if at all possible. You know, uh, if we get up to the point to where streaming is like 99% like actual true blue, like playing on a on a native device, then yeah. But uh, until then, bleh. so yeah. So I mean. Well, We'll see if People I break down and, and get one. I doubt I'm going to buy one. So, yeah, I think it's, it's the only other salute. If they're going to, they really want to hit the market with it, then maybe they could offer it in, in a bundle with a PS5. Like maybe for, I don't know, $50, $60 more, you can hit them with a bundled console and this. If the goal is to get a larger adoption out. It would, you know, it might go over well for those who are either not part of the PlayStation ecosystem or returning gamers, people getting back into it, uh, people who were unsuccessful getting a PS5 earlier. You know, it may be worth it for them to put this in a package deal with the console. Uh, but if not, then you've got to price this thing at an impulse level. You know, and three hundred dollars is not an impulse buy. Yeah, I, I don't see. I don't see it. As, I don't see it as such. Anyway, got it. Well, there's more uh, rumors about PlayStation hardware. So the PS5 Pro, according to rumors, is aiming for a November 2024 release date, so next year. So the code name is Project Trinity. On here, I guess it's already having demo events held to showcase the improvements at the majority of studios will receive development kits by late November this year. On here, uh, one thing that they're talking about is that uh, that the PS5 Pro will feature um, 18,000 MTs of, of second of memory and then uh, 30 WGP work group processor. So they're targeting improved frames per second as well as better frames per second stability performance at 4k and an 8k performance mode and accelerated ray tracing with that so so we'll have to see if uh this is something that will come to market but uh you know i hate to say it but if they do release a ps5 pro i'll probably be there day one to grab one i don't know about you two gentlemen but uh it doesn't make any sense not to run my library at the latest and greatest fidelity if i could get the ability to be able to do so so yeah you... i'll i'll be i would be I'd be first in line to to order one as well, particularly since I have no plans to go to PC gaming. No. Uh, I'm perfectly happy being a console being a a console gamer. Uh, if if I was hemming and hawing or on the edge or uh, planning to build a gaming rig, then I probably wouldn't. But yeah, I, I have no desire to go back to PC gaming the way I would want to do PC gaming. So I, I just think the, 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 cost, the, the cost to performance de- deference and what you can actually perceive is just way, way, way out the amount of money that I would be willing to spend on hardware. 
And so I would, I'm more than happy to trade in my current console and get the pro uh, and and be content, be perfectly happy with that. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be getting the, the PS5 Pro. And then whenever the PS6 Pro, I'm just gonna move on to that. Or P- PS6, PS6 Pro, PS7, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, I'll be I'll be growing right along with it. So How about a series XX? No. I'm going to have to see some games that I care about. You yeah. know. I'm going to have to see I I will hold on to this thing one long enough to check out Starfield. I will get a month of Game Pass. I will download Starfield and play it. If I like it, I will buy it and let my uh if I can find a hard copy. Are they making a hard uh, 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 physical I think so. copy? Yeah, they are. Of Starfield. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll get yeah, the, the physical color- copy. The yeah. collector's edition doesn't come with the disc for some stupid reason, but the regular edition, it was rumored it was just a code in the box, but it is indeed a physical disc. Now, okay. whether it's just a disc that actually has a code on it just to unlock the download. Oh, my Lord. Which would probably be what it is. Don't They've done that, that before, so. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Don't no. don't say that, sir. Mm-mm. Activision yeah. did that with Call of Duty the last time around. So and then you know Jedi Fallen, not Fallen Order, but the, the latest Jedi game from EA basically. Jedi Survivor. Yeah, it was like uh, I think 150 gigs and only like 50 gigs were on the disc. So it's like yeah, they didn't want to do multiple discs, so you had to download like 100 gigs from the cloud. You know so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I and if they start giving me content or games that I that I care about, then I would be more than happy to grow uh, with their console releases. But you know, I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that Microsoft is is working on an out because they want Game Pass to be the product and oh, yeah. not the console. Yeah, who knows? Maybe right. you'll you'll play a Microsoft Cloud, Xbox Cloud off your PlayStation Project Q device, you know. So, uh, you know, I think I think if Microsoft got out of the console business, uh, PlayStation would probably give more credence to having Game Pass on their on their service. But even with that, they're trying to sell you PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. You know, the That's... the the amount of money that micro the, the, the deal that Sony would want for them to allow Game Pass on their platform would not be beneficial in any way to Microsoft, which is why I kind of feel that Microsoft wants to buy up all the resources so they can scorch earth the in the the resource environment to force Sony into a position of weakness by not being able to access those third parties. And if once they do that, then they'll get out of the console space and say, hey, you know, well, you can always have access to all these games here on Game Pass if you let us onto your onto your system and you know, then you'll see it. That then you'll see yeah. it. But you know, the, uh, the Sony has to fall first before that before it shows up on a PlayStation. Yeah. Are you there day one for a PS5 Pro disc? Uh, probably. <laughs> Unfortunately, probably. <laughs> and then what's your, like, 
um, price that you would would expect it to be. Oh, five hundred dollars. Maybe five. Maybe five hundred dollars. Probably six hundred. It'll be. It'll be at least the same price as this one, as the as the 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 one that's already out. And then there will be a uh, a discounted version of the um of the of the base model. Yeah. Yeah. That's the current rumor right now is that the PS5 that they're going to really say uh, like a slimmer version or a different version of it, and then well, have that's the disk drive be an expansion to be able to buy, which I hope they don't do, but we'll see yeah. what's up with that's that. Their, so, but that's their that's their that's their MO. So I, I would expect nothing less from them to do that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if 32xing it is is the it would be the way to go. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. You know, they want those digital sales, you know. You know, you see mm-hmm. physical gaming kinda uh, you know, retailer uh you know, floor space and you know, I go to Target or Walmart now and it's a lot of like download cards for this, that and the other thing. So mm-hmm. it's like the uh footprint physically for uh these consoles have definitely lessened in mm-hmm. this past generation. So Yeah. Uh, we do have something to look forward to that was announced at Comic-Con, though. And so Sony announced and revealed a Spider-Man 2 PS5 console on here. So it's kind of looking hot with that uh, red and black like Venom Spider-Man motif on there. And uh, they also unveiled a DualSense controller with the same um design on there and you know and just in case if you already own the ps5 you could go get the plates and order the plates from playstation direct on there so and of course they showed off the trailer featuring venom on there so and um i think that controller and that those plates that ps5 looks kind of hot i don't know what you guys opinion of it you know so i mean it looks good i will not be buying it uh, but I think that that's a really good incentive for for people who do not own uh, the uh, the system to pick it up. Yeah, I mean, sure. I won't be buying it. It's just because I already own one. You know, I think it's awesome. If anything, I might splurge for the controller. But but that would be that would be it. You think you'd get the console cover so you could replace the plates on your PS5 with the uh, limited edition Spider-Man plate? I mean, part of me wants to, but I don't know if I will. You know. Yeah, those console covers, uh, they cost like I think fifty-five bucks. I, I mean, like, I don't yeah. think I need that because I don't place my console to the side for people to see it. So, so it, it would just I, I have it like I, I just don't. It's on its side. Sorry, it's it's standing up right now, uh, vertically. So that's why I just don't think that I'm going to. I, I don't need it, you know. So yeah, that's why I, it it's cool and all. But I, I, no one would be seeing it. So yeah. that's kind of too huge to show off. I mean, you'd have to have a, enough display space to be able to put your console vertically versus horizontally in your entertainment center. And if it's displayed vertically, it's like it's pretty damn huge. So <laughs> you know, I have to say it. Yeah. It's not the you know, not exactly a small boy. It's a big boy. So yeah, I. The thing that I'm I'm wondering if you've got a slim dropping this year or at the end of the year, possibly, then which kind of makes me think that a slim is not going to come this year, because then 
if it's slimmer, it's not going to be the same form factor for these plates. Yeah. So I'm of the impression that a slim is probably going to come right around the same time, uh, maybe a few months ahead of a pro next year. Um, I, I really don't – I re- with them announcing this, it would be real – you would have a lot of people, pissed off people, if you, you announce a slim and they done just bought these these plates – and they can't use them because of the the change in form factor. I think that would be a problem. So I think with this, I think the 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 slim is probably slated for next year as well. Yeah, my thing. Um, only thing you could possibly see if they announce the slim at Gamescom, because um, I did look into it, and the PS4 slim was announced at Gamescom back in 2016, and they literally brought the Slim to market, I think, like three to four weeks afterwards. So it would have to meet that kind of cadence. And then at the same time, you know, obviously they all have to bust out and they have Spider-Man 2 Slim plates, if there's even plates on the new Slim model. That's the only way they could, like, do it. But, they're, you know, I, I think it be better for them just to keep the form form factor it is now until they do decide to um if they do bring out a pro to kind of announce both at the same time i think mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be a good thing for them to do so so mm-hmm. we'll have to see yeah you know for me i'm i don't i'm not that the you know i think all the spider-man do, uh controllers and the plates look great but uh you know, if it was Monster Hunter, I'd be there day one. You know, if the Monster Hunter World two plates and a controller, you know. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll be able to see them this 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 uh during Christmas time. Just watch. <laughs> Along with your free teppanyaki. That's right. In, like, in, in this dream world, this this <laughs> mythical dream world you live in. It's gonna be it's gonna be sad when I'm gonna have I'm gonna have that teppanyaki chef, you know, hit you with some shrimp, some grilled shrimp. <laughs> grilled shrimp. I'll be sitting there busting out my wallet. That's right. I have to get my, my get a damn money clip. Yeah, I don't drink. Cash around. I don't so. drink, but I might have to start for that. You're gonna make me drink. I'll drink your drink. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? So. Uh, the state bet's coming up pretty soon, though. You, you mm-hmm. kind of mentioned so it's yeah. uh, Hell Divers two or bust. It's, Hell, it's so. Hell Divers two is going to be the factor. Yeah. Yep, we'll it's going to be depending on when it drops. We'll see. It'll be very interesting. You know, technically, Helldivers is not like Sony first party; it's second party. But I'm not gonna, you know, be all stipulating over here. I'll be a man of my word. Thank you. So, <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Either way, we'll we'll have some sizzler. It's all good. Some cheese toast and some Malibu chicken. I'll wait. Horrible. That's that's if you win. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> So, I have one more news article just to kind of the Tom Thumb all. Steak. Tom Thumb Steak, you got it. <laughs> no, I'll take the cheese stove stove. But yeah, there's some news about uh, Wayfinder, and I don't know if you remember that game, but it's from Joe Mad and their particular development team. But they finally uh, have you got it. They have a date finally for at least early access. So early access is going to be dropping on August the 15th on here. And they also announced their new playable character, Venomous, 
on here. So, but um, if you do want to play the early access, you will have to pony up that dinero. It's a free-to-play game, but if you want access to the early access, you've got to pay. So, uh, PS5, PS4, PC, August 15th. So, and uh, the Founders Pack will include uh, all sorts of doodads with their season pass on their uh, in-game housing systems or reward tower and much, much more on here um i know i'm excited for this game but i don't know about paying for it to play it early uh what you what's your take des well that's what that's how they make that's how they make their development money and that's yeah. just one of the things that has slowly crept in to that i mean that's what early access is early access is they give you a little taste that way they can help them funding so it's it's a new form of beta testing if you ask me and I think you should only do it if you really, really uh, trust and and are really excited for uh, the product that you're that you're seeing. Because the thing about it is, like, you're paying for a, an incomplete game just to be able to 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 play it early and to test it. But on the caveat, you're helping them secure funding to keep working on the game. So it's that's literally what early access is nowadays, especially for these these smaller, you know, indie developers. Um, and you know, if people want to get, uh, if people you know want to get this money to to do this, and and because it's going to be an online free to play game. Uh, they need all the money they can get in order to put out something of quality. So that's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it, it's an interesting slope um, that people can decide to go down if they want. Personally, for me, um, I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. I've been a huge fan of Jomad for a very long time. Um, and I've, bought every game that he's done so for me um and i'm gonna play it for me i probably this is one of the ones that i probably will do um and that is to support the the the, the artist and the creator and and this is his company that this is what he's doing you know so for me i probably will but i am very reluctant to to early access anything now if this was pc only then no, I would not be uh, backing it. No, I, I mean, I'd probably put some money if they did like a Kickstarter or something. I'd probably put some money like that just to throw some money on it and hope that it comes to, to consoles. But because it's a console as well, I'll, that's why I'll do it. That's why sometimes I don't, I don't back it because I'm not a PC player, you know. But if it's coming to console, you know, I probably will, will throw in a couple of bucks for it, um, play it early, you know, and be a part of it because... Part of me is kind of excited for it. Again, I'm a fan. so. Yeah, uh, if you do get the Founders Pack, you get early access to both Gloombreak Founders Season 1 and 2, and you get access to an apartment where you could keep your own little housing area so you could display your items and whatnot. So. Well, that's awesome. Give me some housing. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's <laughs> not cheap nowadays, so, you know. Yay, want- virtual housing. One thing, too, they said that they're going to be at Gamescom coming up in August, and they will be uh, having an off-site celebration event during PAX West on here, including a booth at PAX. So 
And maybe me and you will have to maybe hold our horses until packs and check out the game a little bit more at their booth and kind of go from there. So I mean, we'll definitely be doing that. Like I, I'm excited that they're going to be at packs because, like, I definitely want it. I, I want to see merch. I want to see what they're doing and 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 all that. So we'll see. But I'm I'm excited. They'll be at New York Comic Con as well. I don't know if you're going to that or not, Des. So. I am. So that's awesome too. I didn't realize you're going to be at New York City Comic Con. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah. That's what's mentioned. But we'll have to take a look. Are you excited for Wayfinder out there? Let us know. You know, it's like uh, one of those what games. What kind of I... game is it? Uh, it's a it's a open hero world... shooter. No. No. It's a it's a, it's an open world RPG. Uh, it's not tab target. It's like it's it's like Grand Blue Fantasy. It's uh. Where you where you create a character, but there's characters there's characters that are already there, um, that are in the world, and then you pick a certain archetype, and then you can change up that person's uh, look. But though there's a guy named so for example, there's a guy named Joe, right? This is an example. There's a guy named Joe, and he's a tank. You get to pick Joe, and there's all everyone will pick who likes tanks will pick Joe the character and then you can modify joe the character so that that joe character doesn't look like anyone else's joe character you know with oh, cosmetics okay. or whatnot but that's how it is so, like so char- you have character your, classes yeah yeah so. but there's that's the thing there's no real character classes because that one character is that class so the tank is joe the healer is mark you know so and so but you just get cosmetics that change your joe to look different than someone else's joe and that's how they did it with the characters and you get weapons and stuff that can that change up your play style you know within that character's kit but uh but yeah it's a it's um it looks it looks like dark stalkers uh but the but it's dark signers you mean Dark Star, thank you. What did I say? Dark, Dark Stalkers. Dark, no, sorry. It looks like Dark Siders. So, you know, if you're if you're familiar with Joe Matt's work, it looks like that. It looks like, you know, Battle Chasers. It looks like that stuff. So if you're if you're familiar with his work and you like his work, then this game is just a a straight a straight upgrade from that. But it it's a free to play, you know, action RPG. You're running around, you do stuff, there's weeklies and dailies and stuff like that so it's uh it's definitely a contender for you know any other um uh rpg type game so imagine the online darksiders yeah pretty much that's yeah yeah that's pretty much if you like darksiders kid you might uh might want to take a look it's in the same art style too so yeah might be an online game for you at least you know better than playing and it's an action RPG. Yeah. You said better than playing Diablo. Or um, playing any sort of like, you know, Fortnite and that kind of thing, you know. So I just hope it's even though it's going to be designed for all like, you know, it's not going to be like a thing to where it's like kind of focus test to death and kind of dumbed down a bit. I want it to have some meat to it. So so I we'll uh, agree. So I think it will, though. Yeah. Well, and that is the last article. That is the Jabroni Gaming News for this episode, gentlemen. All right, all right. Thank you so much, Jabroni Chief, for bringing that to us. Game nights take place every Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Whatever game that you're interested in playing with us, post it in our Discord. 
and if we don't have it, we'll get it. And Thursday nights are the, is the day that we set aside uh, for those who have listened to the show uh, or part of our community to just for us to get together and uh, play some games together and interact with those who are who are digging what we're doing here. So uh, any game that you that you have for the major platforms. Uh, I mean, if you want to play something something out outside of the major, it may be a difficult difficulty. But uh, go ahead and post it in our Discord. If we don't have it, we'll get it, and we'll be happy to mix it up with you there. Um, speaking of our Discord, you might be asking, how do you join it? Well, you head on over to our Twitter page at Gaming Vessels G A M I N G V E S S E L S E L S, if I can speak correctly, and uh, hit the link there takes you to our discord server and you're in so there's no waiting period no patreon tier to pay for uh just click the link be a good person that likes talking about video games and interacting with folks who also enjoy video games and i think if you meet that criteria you're going to have a wonderful time uh none of the nonsense that takes place on much larger social media platforms so uh, if you dig what we're doing here, that you're going to have a great time uh, on our Discord. Special kudos go out to Will D for uh, get, suggesting this question, John BT for the responses and the crucial ch- crucial chase, and Glovebox for the responses as well. As I like to say, without those who interact with us on our Discord in our game nights uh, dig what we're doing on the podcast we're just three old old yokels just uh, yapping into the internet ether so big shout outs to y'all for uh making this show just a little bit better with your contributions so folks that is going to bring episode 216 to a close we want to thank y'all for rocking out with us so for des aka the bay area terror aka the high res lover that's me. AKA the Cat Daddy, AKA that gamer step daddy, and for Trader Joe, AKA Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. Which you might also know him as the Food Max of Gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar. I am Show of 71, AKA Digadulamite. In that love for you, baby. And we'll be back next time, episode 217 for your ears. Peace. <laughs>